0: July 25th, episode 14, driving home after a one-day guided climb on the Grand Teton to climb the Upper some ridge in about 14 hours round trip, uh, which is not typical, fairly typical for that endeavor. Went quite smoothly, beautiful, beautiful day. Lightly smoky. We're just getting the first hints of smoke for the summer. The smoke we're seeing right now is is kind of typical. Maybe a little early, uh, and not nearly as bad yet as as previous years. I'm thankful for that. Uh, yeah, one day Grand Tetons require early starts. and Late drives home, so I'm driving in the real car. I've been driving back and forth for shorter day trips with a motorcycle because of the price of gas. The motorcycle gets like 70 miles a gallon, and the car gets half that. Uh, so I can, these bigger endeavors uh, leave space and room for uh, catching up on, on podcasting. I, I did miss one. I, Two days ago I recorded one that didn't stick in the, in the machine. Recording didn't work. I don't know what happened there, but that uh, that happened, I sort of alluded to, so what happened is I recorded one and then recorded another without doing any, without investigating so I, on episode 13 I refer to the episode prior that didn't exist didn't actually exist in any case it's not important uh it's just a little little housekeeping matter there this one day grand teton sort of wraps up a, a pretty intense week and a half of, of mountain time i went i've mentioned this before i went all through most, most of june and the first part of july doing very very little mountain time and i was sick and got run down and family stuff and Family time came into the, the, the start of my summer guiding in, in likely the poorest physical condition of the last 10 15 years, uh, and then launched right into not quite the most strenuous, but a pretty, t- like a strenuous 12 days. Today's the 12th day. Since I I started this binge of work And uh, In those 12 days Seven of them were what I'd call Full days of Of action Hiking, climbing, steady state Output Uh, So seven big days One of them was six hours One of them was eight hours and And the rest were Bigger than that even Uh 10 to, 10 to 16 hours big, big long days um, on the go strenuous time and I am, I am beat I'm not ashamed to admit that I am very fatigued and my body is feeling it all my every leg muscle, muscle is sore and has been since that first uh, strenuous gig 11 days ago And uh, I'm trying to sleep as much as I can And eat as much as I can I'm still quite beat And it could be disheartening I guess If you'd asked me three weeks ago What it would feel like to get back in shape like this I I would have Forecast that it would That it would feel bad It would be disheartening, depressing But for some reason I like it I like that I can do it I like that I can do the things I've done in poor shape and I just like this process of of getting back into shape it's surprising me how I enjoy it Uh, and that's cool pretty neat to to just enjoy what what is an, an unavoidable reality Grand Teton today was—we uh, were on the summit for almost an hour. The client and I. Uh, client lives here. Happened to run into a, a, a friend of hers, someone she knew. And, and there's maybe ten of us on the summit all at once for about that same hour. And everybody knew someone from another party, which is really uncommon. Grand Teton, in the middle of the summer, in the middle of the day, is we can be a whole hodgepodge of people, but. Everybody knew at least one person from another party, from any every, and one of the other part, any one of the other parties, uh, including some like full-on mountain climbing legends. We were on the summit with Rennie Jackson and uh, Catherine, his wife. I believe her last name is Cullinane, uh, guiding legend in the Tetons. And Randy, Rennie's known for writing the guidebook and for uh, decades of. Teton and Denali Park search and rescue um, and their daughter is a well-known climber and then uh, Jack tackle was up there good buddy Bernnie's uh, longtime climbing partner and one of the best alpinists in the country for many decades longer than longer than I've been alive uh, and the other guided party up there was Jessica Baker and and her client who's engaged in the picnic, the Teton Triathlon. she had biked from town to Jenny Lake and then swam across Jenny Lake and met up with Jess and climbed the Grand Teton. And they were on the summit. And Jess Baker herself is a long-time guide and a phenomenal competitive free skier and ski mountaineer. Uh, So it's kind of a special special little moment there on the Grand Teton. It was... Stacked Cast For sure On the Grand Teton uh, Speaking of Jack Tackle Jack Tackle In the last episode I mentioned that he's the only other person to guide you know, Josh and I did it And then I'd done a few times prior And uh, I knew Jack had guided some there And climbed on the lot on Moran And uh, So I asked him more about the guiding history and he said that he's to, to the summit of Moran. He guided the Blackfin route, which isn't quite as hard or as sustained as the south the complete South Buttress. He guided the South Buttress direct on its own without going to the summit, and guided the Blackfin route to the summit. But didn't hadn't ever guided the uh, complete South Buttress to the summit, um, and he didn't know of any others who had. Uh, which suggests that, that my my effort up there in 2016 was the first of the sort which well, is kind of cool uh, it just sort of punctuates that discussion previous episode of uh, the, what it's like to be early in the in the history of guiding a route uh yeah further reflecting on that Moran trip it was hard it was, it was it was a legit challenge and a rewarding level of challenge like like I had to ponder like can I can I do this and I don't encounter that very often in recent on the clock I should say uh, and like I said mentioned last time around it's not something I, I prefer to do but I did it and I, and, I, and I pulled it off and I it felt very very rewarding to tackle something that hard and if I were to list the things that that uh, are most rewarding that I've done in the mountains there's a lot of them very rewarding things in the mountains and it, it sort of list them into, I've been picturing this list in order the most rewarding to the to steadily less rewarding by far the most rewarding things are, are, are things I've never done before and are hard uh and as I go down that list, this effort on Mount Moran last week would be the the first thing on that list that he that I get to that I had done multiple times before or done any other time before to so what I mean is that I, I found on that trip on Moran I found a found that rewarding sentiment uh in a semi-familiar environment. And that's cool too. That's a change in my perspective. Like the, I, I've long held the idea that I, I always have to be doing something new, to scratch that itch. And whether it's aging or being a parent or going through this like low fitness and resuming or you know returning to to condition whatever it is. All, all those things put together probably leave me, it's different than I thought than I've long seen myself uh, I've long seen myself as, as desire craving, needing new literally new landscapes to uh, to scratch that rewardage and here, my fourth time up this particular route I, I I found that, that well, that source of, uh, uh, of rewarding sentiment. And, uh, yeah, that it feels good. It's a neat uh, milestone, if you will. And uh, just like other things going on right now, it's just a good feeling about finding balance in life and mountains and work family and such it's encouraging, it means that I can like I can now envision finding meaning scratching that edge, feeding that rat with uh, without steadily pushing the boat out there Uh, speaking of family stuff, I made a little list of random topics that crossed my mind while slogging the Grand Teton today uh, yesterday we had a family milestone of sorts. That that feel like a milestone to me. I've long been stressed about the accumulation of, of baby things, baby stuff. Long lived in a fairly minimalist fashion. For recent years with home and home life, essentially doing more and more home life. Um, uh, we were accumulating more stuff, and the baby was was bound to further increase that and yesterday we visited the friends who are expecting a baby of their own and handed off all the things that Charlie has grown out of uh, purposely setting the stuff aside as she grows out of it and we organized it and, and, and handed it right off to, to friends who are appreciative and, and put it to use. They have a full set of clothing for their impending baby for that baby's first months and it's just kind of plug and play for them which is cool uh and we get to get to close out that chapter close out the the uh the possessions part of those first months of Charlie's life and it's quite cathartic to do so to participate now on both sides of the hand-me-down tradition I, I I love the hand-me-down tradition I uh, big fan of that and now we've we've accepted hand-me-downs and now we're on the other side and we'll continue to be on the other side of that uh process and fully in the cycle of moving clothes around amongst babies and it it was sort of this physical marker milestone of like we're through a part of family raising we've done it we, we we've got her through five months and, and we can like clear the slate behind us uh and it, it means that like visceral to me and it's uh I feel it on every level and reflected on that today well pounding pounding ligaments and muscles up and down the grand teton those are, the, those are the reflections and expansions on reflections for this day in late July of a beautiful summer.